on the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to talk about, well, death. We're going to talk about what happens when we die. I think that's a general interest question, because all of us are ultimately going to face death. What happens when, at that moment when you die, and of course, we lose, we lose contact with the dead. We don't know. They can't talk back to us and tell us what's going on. And so there's just sort of this general concern about what happens when I die, what, when, what, as some people say, when I cross over. The Bible actually gives us some insight into that, uh, some important insight, and uh, we, we're going to look to that. Tonight. And you wouldn't think it'd be all that controversial, but there's a lot of different views from both religious and non-religious folks. And then as a follow-up to that, what about the idea that we will sometime in the future be resurrected from the dead? Uh, there are a lot of people who deny that there will be a resurrection of the dead. We want to ask that question, Even too. Even religious folks as well. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. The virtual Bible study gets started right after this. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and this is the virtual bible study for thursday august 3rd 2017 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob gwynn my father greg gwynn is here hello dad jacob great to be with you good to be with you as well and josh uh, mccord is behind the controls josh glad to have you here thanks for having me. good to and be here look forward to your comments tonight and uh, we we'll want to get a lot of those from you tonight we look forward to hearing from you as well at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com or sign in the chat room wherever you may be watching us tonight. YouTube, Facebook, our, our website. website, the Virtual Bible Study. We're everywhere tonight. And actually, Jacob, every week for our online Bible study, you actually have some homework. You do. Uh, and, and you can prepare your homework ahead of time to be able to participate in the class more effectively. Yes. And to do that, you need to get on our update list. Oh, yeah. How do I do that? And so you can get on our update list by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to the list. Okay. And we will add you to our mailing list. And, and um, late morning on Thursday, you'll get an update from us telling you about what our topic's going to be and asking you some questions. And it'll give you a chance to look ahead to those questions, do a little research, prepare some notes, then you could be a really active participant in the program. And I know Josh is on the list because he always comes in prepared. Yeah. He does his homework. That's right. That's right. Yes, sir. And, uh, or there's actually an alternative to being on our mailing list, although we'd like you to be on our mailing list. You can you can go to our webpage. You can follow us on Facebook, and we put those same questions on Facebook. And the two are not mutually exclusive. You can follow us you on Facebook both. and be yeah. on the update list. Yeah, you can do both. We'd like you to do both. And... We need to talk about bumper stickers. We got bumper stickers. We'd be glad to send you. We got uh, no. we're probably a time to get a new style of bumper stickers. I heard sticker. you're looking at a new version of those. I need to. I haven't yet, but I need to. So we've, we've, but we've still got some of our previous two kinds of different bumper stickers, and we'd be glad for you to put one on your car and drive around your locality, giving us a little free advertising for the virtual Bible. It store. works. It works. So use those bumper stickers. And uh, we have to remind our listeners about our community Bible study as well. 
find that information on our website. Uh, yes, and and uh, if you want to see the videos of that, go to our Facebook page. Oh, they're on the, Facebook. Yeah, okay. see the Facebook virtual page Bible study, not the just virtual just Bible virtual study. Bible study uh, on Facebook, and uh, you can find the videos on there. And if you just want to listen to the audio, they're in the sermon podcast feed. Yeah, uh, you can find out about that at our website. Uh, look under sign. Yeah, actually, resources. the audio. Yeah, look for look for for. Uh, Recent sermons on our collegeview.com website, and, and the wanna, audio is there. If you don't want a podcast. If you yeah. want a podcast, you get it under sign-up resources where you can find that podcast feed, yeah. which is a better way to do it. Yeah. But you do it any way you want. We want to hear from you. If you've got questions about what you hear in a sermon in our podcast feed, or if you just have a question at any time that comes, you know, studying the Bible, talking with someone about the Bible... A question comes to mind, a topic you'd like to hear discussed in this format, or just maybe you've got a question you'd like to answer privately, questions at collegeview.com is the email address you can use, and you can use that tonight to send in your comments. But the best way to send them in is in the chat room tonight, but even better is to use your telephone. You know, the telephone doesn't get used as much these days. People like to send in the text messages. But we still like that telephone if you'll sure. give us a call. Yeah, it's toll-free, and the line's open, 877-381-4567. And we are not uh, only seeking people who agree with us on any topic that, to that we study. Uh, we, we, we are looking to come to Bible truth. And, and if you disagree with us about something we uh, teach or a position we hold or espouse, then we, we would want to hear from you. Because we believe that we honestly and sincerely seek, we can come to agreement about the Bible. And we we have uh, over 12 years of programs, and we've talked with many people who disagree with us. And you will find, and if you'll go back in our archives, that we do those discussions in a kind and courteous manner. And people at the end of it, or we're still friends at the end of it. We've only been hung up on one time in over 12 years. Or somebody yeah, got one mad guy at us did. One guy did up hang on up, us. but I, I don't think that was our fault. I don't think so. I think he's the one that got mad. We weren't mad. We were trying to be kind. But you know, I remember what we know. Uh, many of our listeners probably know uh, a friend named Pat Donahue, and I remember Pat Donahue saying, "You know, when you engage in a in a Bible study, it's not a win or lose. You don't come home from a Bible study and say who won the no Bible study is a positive thing always, and we're not looking for winners and losers. We're looking for truth. Yeah, and it's and it is easier when you have both sides presented." It's easier for that truth to stand out. And so uh, if you'd be willing to discuss anything you disagree with us on, it doesn't have to be something we've talked about. You just say, hey, I don't, what do you think about this? Would you let me talk, come talk about or it? Or get your preacher to talk to there us. There you go. Uh, so give us a call or an email anytime. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, now on right. the program. All right, to our topic tonight. Earlier today we sent out some questions to our update list and posted them on Facebook. Number one, what happens to the spirit of man when he dies? Yeah. And then, in conjunction with that, there's some Bible terms we need to identify, because I think there's some confusion. And some of the confusion actually is generated by faulty translations. And one of those faulty translations is the translation I always use, the King James Version. And the King James Version does a bad job on some of this. We want to talk about what is Hades, what is Tartarus, and what is Gehenna. All right. So let's let's hold that. We won't go to the other questions about the resurrection yet. But let's talk about what happens when a person dies. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens when a person dies? And, and Josh, we've got a chart that, that uh, you can pop up from time to time if people want to look at that. And by the way, we can email you that chart uh, or we can snail mail you a copy of that chart if, if, after you see it here on the screen. If and if you're can... listening in the podcast and you didn't see it, well, send us an email. We'll email it to you. 
Um, this uh, the, the, there are scriptural references all over this chart. Yeah. So the question is the question about what happens when we die is is determined by how we live our life. Yes. How we live is going to have an obvious effect on what happens to us when we die. Right. So there are a couple of classes of people who are in a safe position or a safe, either safe or saved position. Yes. One of those who's in a safe position are infant children uh, because we believe children uh, are without sin. They do not inherit sin. We've talked about that plenty of times on the virtual Bible study. Uh, that's not our topic for discussion tonight, but to just remind you what Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 3. He says, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So we have to become like little children, obviously indicating little children are sinless. Now, if, if an infant child dies, they are in what we would refer to as a safe condition. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so good things are going to happen to them when they die in that safe condition. There's a, this is a big discussion. A lot of folks believe that infants are born totally corrupt, but... That is not the case, as you mentioned there, Matthew 18, verse 3. Also in 2 Samuel chapter 12, after David's infant child died, David, after the child was dead, he was fasting and, and uh, before the baby was dead. But after he was dead, they came to him, and he was fine. He was ready to, to go on. And he says, uh, verse 22, he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me? that the child may live. But now he was dead. Wherefore should I fast? I, can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. So David believed he was in a good place. David wasn't looking to go to a bad place. Oh, he'd still be fasting and weeping if he thought he was going to go to hell with the baby. Yeah. No, he thought that the baby was in a good place yeah. and that he would go to him. Okay. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, so one of the one of the conditions that might affect a person when an infant child an innocent infant child dies they're going to they're going to we're going to talk about them going to a place of comfort and safety mm-hmm. the other group of people who would go to that place of safety are those who have obeyed the gospel who have met the conditions of forgiveness they've heard the truth believed it repented of their sins confessed their faith in jesus have been baptized for remission of sins but even beyond that they continue to live faithfully be thou faithful unto death i'll give thee a crown of life jesus said in revelation chapter 2 verse 10 and so either the the saved or the safe are going to go to a certain place when they die we'll talk about that in a minute now that would indicate that the people who have never obeyed the lord are not in a good situation and there they don't have anything good to look forward to when this life is over if we look at first corinthians chapter one excuse me second corinthians chapter one verses eight and nine the apostle paul speaks of flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not god and that obey not the gospel of our lord jesus christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Oh, that doesn't sound so good. Uh, he even talks about punished with everlasting destruction. Yeah. So that's not good. Can't be good, right? No. So there's a group of people who are going to, something bad is going to happen to them after death. Yeah. Matthew 13, verses 40 and through 43. Uh, as well, therefore, the, uh, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Of teeth. Uh, so there, there is going to be uh, punishment for those who are wicked. Exactly right. Now, 
So those who have never obeyed the gospel would be in that unsaved, unsafe condition. But also we believe the Bible teaches that even those who had been saved, who had become Christians, who obeyed the gospel, but they fell away. They are going to, when they yep. die, they're going to As go we to... read there in Matthew 13. Yeah. yeah. Or we might look at other passages like Second Peter 2, verse 20, beginning, If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better than, for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto, it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. So our first observation in regards to this question, what happens when we die? Our first observation about that is, well, it's going to depend on what hap- what you did here, how, how you lived here, right. whether you were obedient, uh, whether you were in a saved situation, or were you disobedient, disrespectful of God's will in your life. That's going to affect what happens to you when you die. Uh, so first point to make is it's going to depend on what you, what's, what happened here. Uh, right. Josh, any thoughts? I'm good. You did okay. a good job. Is that, and I see it's, you've got the chart up. It's working. Yes, sir. Okay, good. Okay. All right. So, uh, there will be, uh, uh, blessings for those who are righteous and punishment for those who are unfaithful let's, and, let's, and wicked. Let's grab a break, Jacob, and when we come back, we'll talk about, okay, now where do they go? Where do those, where do those two, basically we've described two categories of people. Where do those two categories of people go? All right. Well, they're following along in the chat room tonight because it's dead. Uh, so let's get uh, your thoughts about uh, what happens when we die. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. This is Monty Overton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. We appreciate your interest in the Bible. It is, after all, God's message to us. We thought you might be encouraged by a poem written by A.Z. Conrad entitled, The Bible Stands. It goes like this. Century follows century, there it stands. Empires rise and fall and are forgotten, there it stands. Dynasty succeeds dynasty, there it stands. Kings are crowned and uncrowned, there it stands. Emperors decree its extermination, there it stands. Atheists rail against it, there it stands. Agnostics smile cynically, there it stands. Profane, prayerless punsters caricature it, there it stands. Unbelief abandons it, there it stands. Higher critics deny its claimed inspiration, there it stands. The flames are kindled against it, there it stands. The tooth of time gnaws but makes no dent in it, there it stands. Infidels predict its abandonment, there it stands. Modernism tries to explain it away, there it stands. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Christianity is difficult when it's viewed as a job rather than a way of life. Nothing sets a person so much out of the devil's reach as does humility. People who fly into a rage always make a bad landing. The child's first school is the family. George Washington said, Associate yourselves with men of good quality if you esteem your own reputation, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. Man, wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about uh, death and what happens when uh, a man dies. What happens to the spirit of man when he dies? All right, so we've described these two categories of people, the faithful and the unfaithful, the, the, the obedient and the disobedient, the saved and the unsaved. 
So let's talk about what happens to those who are saved or infant children who are safe uh, because they died in infancy without sin. First of all, all dead, all the dead, all the, the spirits of all dead men go to a place that's called Hades. Okay. And one of the questions we asked was, what is Hades? Uh, and Hades is the, is what is sometimes referred to as the general abode of the dead. Uh, uh, in the Old Testament, there's actually another word. In the Old Testament, its equivalent is Sheol in, in, in the Old Testament Hebrew. But Hades, Hades is just a, a general place where, all, where the spirits of all the dead go to await the final resurrection and judgment. Uh, now the problem is, especially in versions like the King James Version, they don't make that distinction. The best place to see this pictured is in Luke chapter 16 when Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus. Yep. Uh, and I think most of our listeners are familiar with that story. Uh, but it says, uh, it came to pass the beggar died, was carried by angels. This is Luke sixteen twenty-two. It came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, it says, he lifted up his eyes. He wasn't in hell. He wasn't in Gehenna hell. We'll talk about that in a minute. He was in Hades. And if you look, if you were, do a little searching there and look at the Greek word, the Greek word is for Hades not the Greek word Gehenna, which would be hell, eternal hell. So, uh, again, I think in Luke 16 we see the very best picture. Hades is the general realm of, of departed spirits. In Hades there are two places. A place here identified as Abraham's bosom. That's where Lazarus went. He went to a place of comfort in Abraham's bosom. Uh, this would be the same place that Jesus went when Jesus died. Acts chapter 2 talks about that. Jesus said he would not leave my soul in hell. But it, again, it should be Hades. Hades, right. In, in Acts chapter 2, verse 27, yep. uh, he quotes a prophecy of David. He says, I will not leave my soul in Hades. And Hades are there, yes, yes. Yeah, it should be Hades. Yep. So it, it's a place of comfort. It's Abraham's bosom. But Jesus, remember when Jesus was speaking to the thief on the cross? He said, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Well, wait a Jesus called it paradise. So all of those are synonymous terms. Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort, paradise. It's where it's where uh, Lazarus went in the story of the rich man and Lazarus, Luke 16. It's where Jesus went when he died. And it was immediate, the same day. As same he died. day. This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. As soon as you die, you go to Hades. Now, now Jesus was in Hades. When the the robber, the thief on the cross died, he didn't go to heaven. Paradise wasn't heaven; it was where Jesus was. He was with Jesus in he said, Jesus Hades. said, "This day shalt thou be with me in paradise." Yeah. So uh, Jesus and that thief, that one thief yeah. who was crucified with him, they went to Hades, but they went to the part of Hades that's a place of comfort and 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 uh, uh, rest and peace. Uh, it's it's paradise. It's wonderful. All right. All right. Now. In, and so, everyone who is in a saved or safe condition when they die goes there. They go. Everybody goes to Hades. But if you are in a saved or safe condition, you go to this place of rest, comfort, Abraham's bosom, paradise. Right. Uh, and of course, Jesus is not there anymore. Jesus is resurrected. No, they didn't. God didn't leave His soul there. Yeah, the prophecy was, "I will not leave thy soul in Hades." Right. So Jesus came out of Hades when he resurrected, but all dead people 
the spirits of all dead men go there yeah. when they die. Yeah. That's what we would look forward to. So if I'm a faithful Christian, what am I looking forward to when I die? Well, I'm looking forward to going to paradise, to Abraham's bosom. I'm going to go to Hades, I know. But I want to be in the part of Hades that's identified as Abraham's bosom or paradise, a place of comfort. And the, and the righteous of all the ages will be there. Okay? Now, on the other hand, in that same story of the rich man and Lazarus, uh, it says that the rich man died, verse 22, and was buried, and he lived, and in, King James says, in, in hell, but that should be Hades. In Hades, in fact, look at the word. If you don't believe me, check out the Greek. The Greek, there's Hades, not hell. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now is he comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So, here's this rich man who was not uh, obedient to God. And he was, he died, he went to Hades. Everybody goes to Hades. But he went to the part of Hades that was a place of horrible torment. In fact, you might notice in the reading that we just did, his thought of consolation would be just a drip of cool water on his tongue. He was in such torment, he said. And so that's the part of, of Hades that we do not want to go to. Now, the word, tar- the word, there's another word, and we asked for the definition of it, and that's the word Tartarus. And that's, that's the word that's assigned to this place in Hades. Uh, it's not a common word in the New Testament. In fact, it, it's only found once, uh, in our English Bibles. I'm trying to find the reference to it here. Uh, uh, Tartarus, Tartarus. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not seeing it in my notes. Maybe you can help me, Jacob. Okay. But anyway, it is this part of Hades. In, in which there is, there it is, Second Peter 2, 4. 2 Peter 2, 4. Uh, God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, Tartarus, Hades, the, the punishment part of Hades, okay. and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. That's Second Peter 2, 4. That's the only place where Tartarus is found. But it is a, it is a term that's assigned to this place of torment, that the rich man went they're reserved to. in chains there, yeah. so they're yeah. they're they're waiting the final judgment. Okay, so we're all anticipating that unless the Lord returns and time comes to an end, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. But we actually have an answer here. What's going to happen? Just as soon as I die, what's going to happen? Well, actually, the the biblical definition of death is when the spirit departs the body. You know, medical people have trouble saying when a person is dead uh but the bible is pretty clear on that and and it, the the biblical definition of death is when the spirit departs the body yep. um it says uh in james chapter 2 verse 26 for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also so biblical definition of death my spirit leaves my body 
Okay, so my body's left here to be buried, to rot, to decay, to go back to the dust of which it's made. My spirit has left, and it's it's in Hades. Now, I, I know I'm going to Hades. We're all going to Hades. Jesus went to Hades when he died. We're all going to Hades. The question is, what part of Hades? If I have been obedient, if I have served the Lord, if I've been faithful to his instructions, I'm going to be in a place of comfort, Abraham's bosom, paradise. If I haven't been obedient, I'm going to go to a place of torment, Tartarus, chains holding me in torment, awaiting final judgment. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And and once that happens, remember Abraham said to the rich man, your, your, your fate is sealed. It's unchangeable at that point. You can't you can't go from paradise to torment. You can't go to, from torment to paradise. You're locked in. You mean there's not something like purgatory that I go to and pay no. my penance or whatever? No, there's no purgatory. There's no limbo. Can't read about that. In the, you know, the Catholics teach purgatory. They teach limbo. Yeah, that's not something like a game you play at, <laughs> on a roller skate rink. <laughs> yeah, but it's not but a game they, at all, in their opinion. But. Yeah, those are not biblical terms. So, yeah. Uh, I think I, I think we've got the answer there to this to this general I, and it, it is such a concern and, and you know uh, I, I was talking to a, a, a sister today who's in really bad health and very likely is not going to get a whole lot better and I said you know we got something good to look forward to if we're faithful children of God you know, right. this this it, I, I mean. What word, what word in the English language would better describe a place that would be wonderful to be in than what Jesus used when he described paradise? It's paradise. We're going to paradise if we're faithful children of God. Uh, so uh, that's what's going to happen. Now, the question that is, what happens beyond that? And we have some more information about what happens beyond that. Uh, and maybe we ought to let's get a grab break. a break. And when we come back, let's talk about what happens at the end of time, final judgment. Along those lines, Dwight has asked a question that we'll answer when we get back. If the thief on the cross went to paradise, which he did, is he going to heaven? And if so, will he go through the judgment? Good questions, Dwight. Yeah, hang we'll on. Answer those Let's talk about when that. When we get back. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. After seeing an exciting basketball game on TV, he decides he'd like to be a professional basketball player. A few days later, after hearing of a daring rescue from a burning building, he's convinced that he wants to be a fireman. Not long after that, he learns about men going into outer space, and he's sure that he really would love to become an astronaut. What in the world is wrong with this guy? Why can't he decide on a career course and stick with it? Why is he always changing his mind about important things? The answer is simple. He's a child. It's inherent in children to frequently change their minds. They may be firmly convinced of something one day and ready to do the opposite the next day. We understand that this is their nature. They will hopefully outgrow this tendency, and when they do, we will say that they have matured. There are some that are spiritual babes. In fact, everyone is in that category upon first obeying the gospel. Unfortunately, some never grow past that point. These folks are forever troubled by something new or different that they hear. It might be something about our worship or about the work of the church or about a matter of morality. These people can never be settled as to what they think about the important truths contained in God's word. Let us put it as simply and directly as we can. Grow up. 
Ephesians 4.14 urges us that, quote, we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, unquote. You need to know what you believe and you need to know why you believe it. If you hold a view, endorse a position, or would teach or recommend an alternate view, you should have strong reasons for doing so. You should be ready to logically and rationally defend the position you espouse. If you can't do that, you're manifesting the fact that you're a spiritual child, immature, and you are likely to be tossed to and fro by whatever new thing comes along. Bottom line, grow up. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm Michael, and I'm four years old, and, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the Virtual Bible Study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight. We'll remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and drop us a line with any question or comments you might have. And if you don't have a question or comment... Send us an email. Just tell us you're listening, where you are listening yeah, from. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd no, just so like to know you're, from you're out there. You're listening on my way to work on Friday morning or something like that. No, we got Dwight yeah. in the chat room. He's in Iowa. Dwight's in Iowa. Uh, Dwight's what in, part Iowa? in Iowa. Uh, Ames, I believe. Ames, he's in Ames, Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Go Hawkeyes. Home of Iowa yeah. State. Yeah, that's right. That's no. not Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes was Cyclones. Sorry. <laughs> Man, yeah. that's, that's, sorry. that's, that's, that's a bad that, mess right there. Yeah, Dwight is Sorry, Dwight. Sorry, Dwight. I thought he knew better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, so we talked about what happens when we die. We all go to Hades. We talked about the two parts of Hades. Yep. Now let's talk about what happens at the end of time. At the end of time, there's going to be, and we're going to talk about some people who don't believe this, but but the Scriptures clearly teach that at at the end of time, uh, there's going to be a general resurrection of the dead. In John chapter 5, verse 28, Jesus said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And so Jesus told of a resurrection. Everybody in the grave is going to come forth. Uh, it's it obviously going to be an incredibly miraculous event in right. which the in, in which all the dead are going to be brought back. That their bodies will be reunited with their spirits in a in a resurrection, uh, and then there's going to be final judgment. And in that final judgment, uh, it's it's pictured variously in the scriptures. Jesus probably painted a. Uh, the most graphic picture of it in Matthew chapter 25, beginning verse 31, when he talked about the separating the sheep from the goats. Yep. Uh, we won't take time to read all of that, but he speaks of those who were faithful and they will be rewarded. They are on his right hand. The goats are on the left. The goats are the ones who were not servants, who were not obedient, who, who, uh, uh, didn't do his will. To the righteous, uh, He's going to say in that final judgment, come ye, this is verse 34 of Matthew 25, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But to the wicked, he is going to say, uh, uh, depart, see, um, verily I say to you, let's see, wait a minute. He's going to say, verse 41, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And so there's going to be everlasting punishment, and the righteous will have life eternal. That's what's going to happen in the final judgment. Now, in order for that to happen, there has to be a resurrection in which all that are in the graves are going to come forth. But but just as a sort of a side note, there's going to be some people still living 
Yes. When Jesus returned. Yep. And in First Thessalonians chapter 4, right. uh, Paul talked about what will happen to the living. Uh, verse. Uh, this is First Thessalonians 4, beginning verse 13. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the sleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For we, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so the righteous... Uh, it's sort of interesting because the righteous have already been in a place of paradise. And so what basically takes place for the righteous dead is they're going to be resurrected, brought back, their spirits brought back from Hades, but then they're going to ascend with the Lord into heaven for eternity. And so their fate was already known, if you want to put it that way, but the final resurrection and judgment takes place and they receive their eternal reward in heaven. That's not Hades, that's heaven. Okay. Paradise is not in heaven. Paradise is is in Hades, but when the resurrection happens, they're going to go to eternal life in heaven. So back to Dwight's question, if the thief on the cross went to paradise, which he did, Jesus promised him that he would go there, is he going to heaven? This is the first question. Well, I think yes, because I think all who are in paradise are there because they died in a saved or safe condition. The thief on the cross was saved because Jesus personally saved him. Uh, obviously, he didn't have to uh, obey the gospel because the gospel hadn't even been preached yet. Jesus was on earth and bestowed upon him a direct personal blessing. Uh, and, and so he, uh, I think, will be in heaven. Technically, yes, he will go through judgment. All will go through judgment. Uh, but the judgment of those paradise is simply to be administered to their eternal reward in heaven. All right. So there, there is an eternal judgment. But in, for, for, for the righteous dead, it will simply mean a, a, a sort of a signing off and sending them on to heaven. Okay. All right. Uh, Dwight, I hope that answers your question. All right. Uh, maybe in, in response to Dwight's question, it, there, there's not any double jeopardy here. You know, there's nothing. Well, Jesus saved him and he went to paradise. But, you know, he was a bad guy. And so in the final judgment. Maybe they he, found something on him that they didn't know about. Well, maybe in final judgment, yeah. answer for his sins. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he was saved because Jesus personally forgave his sins and okay. promised him a, uh, a reward. Okay. Uh, if Jesus was here today, he could do the same thing to us, but he's not. And so the way we obtain that blessing is to obey his will, his instructions uh, in the New Testament. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Sean in the chat room says, yes, the thief went to heaven. He believed who Jesus said he was, judgment seat of Christ. Well, again, he didn't go to heaven, Sean. I think you may have come in late. He went to Hades, went to paradise, 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 the paradise part of Hades, where Jesus went, because Acts chapter two verse twenty-seven says that Jesus went to paradise or to Hades, the paradise part of Hades, uh, we believe, but he wasn't left there, and so we would believe that the, the thief on the cross went to the same place that Jesus went, which was. Hades. He was in Hades, but he was in the paradise part of Hades. Not heaven. Yeah. Uh, again, reference Acts chapter 2, verse 27 for that. Now, the, the, the 
the wicked or unrighteous are going to in that when the when the resurrection takes place when there's final judgment of both the dead and the living when that final judgment takes place the unrighteous dead are going to be brought out of Hades they're going to come out of the place of torment Tartarus they're going to come to judgment but then they're going to be assigned to eternal hell that is the Greek word Gehenna mm-hmm. they're going to go to Gehenna uh uh, basically, that's sort of a Greek transliteration of the old Hebrew word that meant the Valley of Hinnom, which was a valley just outside of Jerusalem where they burned their garbage and trash, and there was perpetual fires going in the Valley of Hinnom. And that was the picture of what hell will be like, a perpetual fire of torture and, and it's, punishment. It's an image of, uh, of that. Again, some folks would say, oh, it's, it's a, that's a literal, that's literally what it meant. It was that trash heap, but it's not. No, and Jesus said that the unrighteous are going to go away into everlasting punishment. Uh, and you read earlier from Matthew 13, Jesus said there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a horrible place for eternity separated from God. All right. So uh, I, I think that's the right answer as to what happens uh, to the dead all the way through, from from life to death to, to Hades to resurrection and judgment. And then uh, what finally happens in, uh, in the end when there is final judgment? Sean references Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne scene. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth uh, and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book of life. Are written written in the books according to their works, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. That should be Hades. That should be death and Hades. Death and Hades, and they were judged every man according to their works. And so, and the dead and death and hell were cast to the lake of fire. So there's no more death after Jesus comes. There's no more Hades. There's no more Hades. Hades, That realm has gone away. It's cast into the lake of fire. So, and that's the second death. But but notice. That all are going to be judged. The dead, verse 12, uh, it says, I saw the dead small and great stand before, all the dead are going to stand before the Lord. The books are going to be opened. Uh, the book of life is going to be opened. Uh, and the dead are judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. So all are going to face final judgment. And, and the righteous will have eternal life. And, uh, the, the wicked will have everlasting damnation. And uh, by discussing this topic tonight, we're not claiming to understand exactly how all of this will work. We're just uh, trying to assimilate the things that God has revealed to us about how all this will work. Certainly, uh, there's a lot unknown about how all of this uh, will transpire, uh, but he has given us a, a, a foretaste of, of some of the things to expect. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's grab our last break, Jacob, and when we come back, let's talk about the fact that some people are denying that there will be a resurrection of the dead yeah. or, or that this that we've just described will take place. And they may have knocked on your door recently. We'll talk about some of that. Don't go anywhere. The Verse of Bible Study will continue and go to the top of the hour right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. 
I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said, or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com, and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931 381 Four five six seven. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we'll do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A record 55% of millennial parents have had children before getting married, compared to 25% of the youngest baby boomers who did the same. And the trend could be costing money. Specifically, 86% of young people who got married before having kids are among the middle or top third of earners. Just 53% who put childbearing first have incomes in the middle or top third, meaning 47% of millennials who have a baby first are considered lower income. That information is via CNBC. The Word of God says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program as we talk about what happens to the dead and will there be a resurrection. Lots of folks today are denying that fact, but it's not a new phenomenon. Well, uh, there there have been people, you know, there's the old saying, there's nothing new under the sun, yeah. and it, that's really true. And and we, we run into some people in our day and time, we'll talk about them, that deny the idea of a resurrection, at least a, a general resurrection of all the dead. But that's been, that's been a, a, a point that people have denied for a long time. In fact, if in the lifetime of Jesus... There was a, a particular sect of the Jews known as the Sadducees who did not believe that there would be a resurrection. Yes. In Matthew chapter 22, uh, verse 23, it says, The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection. And yeah. then they asked him, and they tried to tempt him about that. Yeah. Uh, so th- this goes way back. Uh, in the time of Christ, it was so. And Paul used it to his advantage in Acts 23, verse 6, when he's uh, standing uh, before the high priest. He, sa- he he noted in verse 6, But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other part Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. So he used that to his advantage. There so was he, was, he was saying there's two factions here, and, and, and I'm of the faction that believes in the resurrection, but there are some here who do not. And he was able to use that to get a fight going between the Pharisees and Sadducees, an argument over that <laughs> fact. Josh? Now, apparently the church at Corinth had the same issue because Paul spent... All of First Corinthians chapter 15 talking about the resurrection and basically made the argument that if the resurrection is not so, then our, our faith is, means nothing. Exactly yeah. right. In fact, there in First Corinthians 15 at verse 12, uh, he says, If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? So they, there were some, even in the church at Corinth, who were saying, there is no resurrection of the dead. But this has not just been Jews and Christians who, who disagreed on that. When Paul was preaching to the pagans in Athens in Acts chapter 17, 
uh, remember he, he passed by all their idols and his spirit was stirred in him and he preached, he preached his famous sermon on Mars Hill in Acts chapter 17. But it says in verse 32, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Yeah. And so there were some there among the pagans who, yeah. who said, ah, it can't uh, be, that's I, ridiculous. I can't, I can't heard be of that? so. Yeah. So there's, it's not a new thing that people have denied the resurrection. We have quite a bit of, of indication of that even in the New Testament that there were those who were doubting that. But that continues in, in our time as well. Um, among those who would deny a resurrection would obviously be people who deny that there is any spiritual realm at all. The yeah. atheists who deny God and, right. do, and do, who deny that we're any more than just a natural being, uh, yeah. that we don't have a spiritual component, that, that we are like the animals. I see a quote here. An article from the Soviet Encyclopedia. That was kind of interesting. The the Soviet Union back in in, in the height of communism produced their own encyclopedia so that they could teach what they wanted to teach uh, in opposition to what you might find in in another you know uh, encyclopedia. So they published their own encyclopedia. But the Soviet Encyclopedia called the idea the concept of the resurrection is dis, is a decisive uh, dis, decisive contradiction with scientific natural knowledge wow the, the idea that there's a resurrection that doesn't, that doesn't jive with science uh was what the soviets said they of course were atheists uh and so they're going to they're going to deny a, a resurrection yeah. but but there's there, there are other groups too that that deny the resurrection for instance uh, those that would be in the camp that we would identify today as modernists. Modernists are people who try to make a naturalistic explanation of everything that the Bible indicates is miraculous. Uh, if, if the Bible speaks of a miracle, uh, they're going to try to come up with some naturalistic explanation. It wasn't really a miracle. Here's, here's, uh, maybe it was trick, maybe it was sleight of hand, maybe it was just natural phenomenon, but it wasn't anything supernatural. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked before about how what crazy extremes these people will go to. For instance, when Jesus walked on the water, I've read after some of these modernists who said, well, actually, there were just some very shallow shelf rocks that ran out into the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus knew where they were placed. And so he was walking out uh, on, on on those shelf rocks that were just under the surface of water. Another explanation was there was some kind of crazy weather phenomenon. There was suddenly a flash freeze of the water of the of the sea of galilee and jesus was actually walking out on ice hmm. uh, they they're desperate to try and explain away anything that the bible would indicate as being miraculous and they and and so you can imagine that those people are also going to deny the idea of a resurrection because there's going to be incredible miraculous things taking place when the resurrection happens all right um and uh so that's a group, but there's other folks as well that are religious folks that are denying. The you mentioned some that might come to your door. Yeah, uh, those that call themselves Jehovah's Witnesses deny uh, that the wicked are going to be resurrected. In fact, they deny that uh, that man has an eternal soul. Uh, that if you're wicked, well, everybody when they die, they're just they're just dead. Uh, and then if you're righteous, you'll be resurrected. But if you're wicked, that's it. At the end of it, you die and it's gone. Uh, you are forgotten forever, um, and uh, and they deny so clearly the passages that tell us otherwise. Especially, they like to deny the account of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, 
Yeah, they deny that. They say that. Well, uh, they say because we've we've hinged a lot of our discussion tonight, Jacob, on Luke 16, the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus. And they say, well, that's just a parable. That's yeah. just a parable. Well, it, it's not identified as a parable. Many of Jesus' parables are identified that's as That's the parable. only one. If it is a parable, that's the only one that isn't, right? I'm, I'm, not, think sure. It is. I'm not sure if it's the only one, but I think I, if it's the only one in which names are, oh, people, which names are, are given. people yeah. are identified right. by name. Uh, and if it's a parable, I mean, if it's just a story, are there any other parables that are totally made up that are not based in fact? There's basically nothing in that story that's based in fact, other than that there was a that you could live and be rich or poor. After that, it's all make believe fairy tales. Yeah. Um, uh, is there any other? Do you know of any other parable that's not based in fact? Well, if it's if 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 what Jesus described there doesn't happen, then I guess was he was he lying about it? Yeah. Or was he being completely deceptive or inaccurate in what he yeah. described? Yeah. Uh, I, I I think that their answer, and I've, I've gotten this answer from them lots of times in person, that's just a parable. I think their explanation that that's just a parable doesn't help at all. Doesn't work. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's a quote from one of their publications. There's a publication called Make Sure of All Things. They said, uh, the incorrigibly wicked, quote, will never be remembered for resurrection. There you go. So the, the wicked will never be resurrected. But Jesus said, we already referenced it in Matthew, or excuse me, John five twenty eight and twenty nine, the hours and coming the hours coming in which all that are in the grave shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Jesus said the wicked will be resurrected. So the Jehovah's Witnesses are just in direct contradiction to what Jesus said. Yes, absolutely. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeu dot com is the email address to use. Uh, we have time to take your thoughts uh, tonight. This is not a new phenomenon, as we said. People have been denying the resurrection throughout time. In the chat room, Jeff uh, says there are others who believe that the resurrection has already come in AD 70. And, uh, and as a result of that, I believe uh, their conclusion is that no one will be resurrected after uh, AD 70, correct? That when you die now, you either go straight to heaven or straight to hell. There is no resurrection anymore. Yeah, yeah that's, been a, that's been a problem, Doctrine. Uh, among some churches of Christ, and and uh, I think we've had a program on the uh, on the AD. Uh, sometimes it's referred to as the AD seventy doctrine because they believe that there was a major change in things of when Jerusalem fell at the hands of the Romans in AD seventy. There was a, a that that was the second coming of yep. Christ, the final coming of Christ, and they argue now that as soon as you die, you either go directly to heaven or to Gehenna hell. The Hades has been abolished. Uh, they got they got a lot of other peculiar ideas associated with that. Uh, but there are some even in churches of Christ who are de- who are presently denying the resurrection. All right. Um, and White in the chat room uh, says the Bible teaches us to fear God and keep His commandments, and one reason is because hell is real and eternal. We need to reverently fear God, but also fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Good comments on that, Dwight, tonight. Because, as Dwight mentioned, there are many who, while uh, I don't know if they're denying the resurrection while they do this, but they're denying that hell exists, that there's any such place as hell. That the righteous are going to go to heaven, sort of like the Jehovah's Witnesses. The right, well, not not many are going to go to heaven if you're a Jehovah's Witness, but that there is going to be a resurrection of the righteous, but the, 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 God is too loving to send 
uh, the ungodly. Yeah, they, into there is this notion, hell. and and it's not just the Jehovah's Witnesses, although they are predominant in it. I have known of members of the Church of Christ who believe in the idea of eternal annihilation, that you just cease to exist. Um, uh, among Churches of Christ, there was a fellow named Fudge down in Alabama mm-hmm. who took that position, wrote a book, and I think even a movie was produced as a result of the book that he had written. And he takes firmly takes the position that uh, souls are annihilated. They cease to exist who are not obedient to God. But that just does not jive with what Jesus said in Matthew 25. He said that some will go away to everlasting punishment, but the righteous to life eternal. Matthew 25, verse 46. Yep. And if you look at the original Greek language, the word there is where it says everlasting punishment, life eternal. It's the same word. However long heaven is, eternal life, is also how long the punishment will be. There you go. It's the same word. It's in the same verse, the same word in the same verse. And so to deny that heaven, hell is eternal, you have to deny that heaven is eternal as well. It simply does not make make any sense. Sean uh, asked in the chat room a couple times, sorry we didn't get to you earlier, Sean. He says, does the the King James Version mistranslate hell in some verses? Real yes. bad. Yeah, Real bad. We started the program with that, Sean. Uh, there are three words that are translated hell. Hades, Tartarus, and Gehenna. Uh, and you have some material that you could send Sean. Hey, if hey he, Sean, if you will send me an email to questions at collegeu.com, I've got a document that I put together in which I look at those three words. And the King James translates them all as hell in the king james version the word hell is found 23 times but it actually comes from three different words okay and if you'll send me an email to questions at college.com i'll email you this document that that lines out those 23 occurrences uh, and shows which one should be hell and which one should be hades the greek word gehenna which is actually carried over from the hebrew sort of a translated greek word Gehenna uh, is uh, the word for everlasting destruction. In fact, we were referencing Matthew uh, 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 13. We did earlier. Uh, I'm not seeing which verse we were. But we were talking. Jesus. What's interesting is Jesus talked about hell more than anybody else did. Yeah. In the New Testament, Jesus referenced hell more than anybody else. But anyway, if you or anybody else, if you're interested in that document in which it looks at the three words that the King James mistakenly translates them all as hell, uh, send me an email. I'll send you that document. All right. And uh, nothing else in the chat room. Um, Josh, final thoughts. No, I mean, uh, if, we, if we're denying the resurrection, then... We've got we got a lot of problems. We got a lot of questions. Answered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, Josh, in First Corinthians fifteen. Let me just read. We got just a couple of minutes. Let me read a, just a short passage out of First Corinthians fifteen, beginning verse thirteen. If there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? Your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ. Whom he raised not up, if it be so that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 
if we're denying the resurrection, we're putting ourselves in a horrible situation. All right. Well, it's been a good discussion tonight, and uh, certainly things that are in dispute, sadly, in the religious world, but the Bible is uh, a little clear. Not giving us all the details of exactly how everything's going to happen, but making it clear that there will be a resurrection. But I think, I think we've got enough information enough there ideas. that we can approach death yeah. with, with confidence and, yeah, and sure. comfort and consolation, and, and that's, that's a good thing, that for sure. a good thing. All right, Josh, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you. And, uh, thank you. Thank you, David. And uh, thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight. And lots of good uh, interaction here in the chat room tonight. So thank you for that. And, uh, well, if you're listening to us in the podcast and you've never been here live, well, make it a point to make it, uh, make it to one of our live studies here so you can participate in the discussion. And we welcome you to send your questions or comments. And remember, anytime. if you want those charts, we, we had a chart, Where Are the Dead, that was on the screen several times tonight. We'll si- we can send you that chart. And we can send you this other document about how the word hell is often mistranslated in the King James Version. All right. So uh, the questions at collegeu.com is the email address to use for that. We hope you make plans to be back at this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.